Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Hey, hello. Here we are at episode number 137. How are you? As I said on the last episode, we're going to be doing two episodes per week for the next few weeks. Mainly because we've had quite a few commissioned and bonus episodes. And um, (laughs) because they pay the bills, then obviously I have to put the Ministry of Arts ones on the back burner for a little while. And some of these, like today's episode, were recorded three or four months ago. And talking of bonus episodes, if you'd like to be the feature of one, talking about your work and life as an artist, or to promote your exhibition, or any art happening come to think of it, and as you know, we're all about supporting the artists here on the Ministry of Arts, and the fee is very affordable. So if that's something you fancy, just get in touch with the Ministry of Arts. Every penny goes back into the podcast, to keep this content coming on a weekly basis. And if your own episode isn't for you, then Patreon. Thanks to the Patreon supporters, this podcast comes out to you every week, and we couldn't do it without them. If you'd like to donate just as little as £3 a month, go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram page. You'll find a link tree drop-down box. Just follow the link there, and it's as easy as that. Anyway, back to this week's episode. Today's guest I've admired for quite some time as an artist, but because of a few happenings that blew up in the media, it made me want to find out more about the person behind the artwork. And to be honest, the more I found out, the more I liked. I invited him along to be part of my Face Value 2 exhibition, where he created an absolutely stunning blind collaboration with printmaker Emma Maguire. 
he started to create his own high quality acrylic paints with the intention to sell a few online just sort of to cover the cost of production. <laughs> and then a little online spat with Anish Kapoor went viral as did the sales of his acrylic paint. He called out his local council on their hostile design, making them do a U-turn on any future installations. He created Voma with Lee Cavalier, which is the Virtual Online Museum of Art. And he's very recently opened a giant gallery in his hometown of Eastbourne. And it is, of course, Mr. Stuart Semple. Not only does Stuart mention all of the above, but he also tells us about a near-death experience that has literally had to make him reevaluate how he lives his day-to-day -day life. So please, come and join me over Zoom with the creator of the pinkest pink and the blackest black, Mr. Stuart Semple. It was a nice idea. Was it, well, it was a good concept as well. Yeah, it was the concept that, that everyone wanted to come back for. It's funny because people wanted to hand their artwork over to be damaged or manipulated. And yeah, it's yeah. A bit, that's a funny concept on its own, you know? Yeah, well, it's just that collaborative idea and, and like making a piece with someone you've never met in a yeah. weird way is quite cool. And it was funny that some artists were treating it like, like their bloody baby. You know, they're handing yeah. their artwork across. And it was like a little tug of war. They didn't really want to let it go, you know? Yeah, I bet. I bet. That's yeah, really fascinating. We're, we're looking at doing another one. I know you've had a long and varied career, um, but culture hustle, man. I, I really love that product, what you do with it. Um, Thank you. I love everything about it. And I, I always promote it when someone is mentioning that um, the paint they're using isn't quite working. I always mean, at least you're black. You know, oh, thank I, you. That I means a lot. I think it's amazing. I used it once oh, good. For, a, for a project where I thought, well, I'll put it to the test what you're saying. You know, you're, you're, you're saying that it more or less envelops a 3D form and, and flattens it. And I wanted to do just that with a sculpture for oh. face value, funnily enough. Yeah. So um, I thought, well, I'll have a go of it. And yeah, it, it really does do what, what it says good. on the tin, doesn't it? Yeah, it was a lot of work making that stuff. Yeah. I was going to um, say I was quite surprised, but rather than... Um, yeah. Um, yeah, the story behind Culture Hustle, would you be able to start? Yeah, of that? course. I mean, well, I suppose, like, the first thing is, like, I've always made paint, like, you know, since I was a kid. And mm. the reason why I did that was, first of all, because we had no money. And, you know, asking my mum for expensive paints, I may as well have been asking to go to the moon or something so that was a bit <laughs> yeah bit, do you know what I mean so I had to make my own colors and um when I was eight I saw a Van Gogh painting at the National Gallery and I'd only seen paintings in books before or yeah. like on screen so it's the first time I saw a real piece of art and it just did some weird thing with my head yeah. and I was obsessed and then I noticed that a lot of these materials these commercial materials they're just kind of mass produced they're, they're not great you know and um, they just didn't have that vibrancy that I wanted. So I started making my own stuff and then um, using it in my work, making my own crazy colours. And... What was that? Was that oils, Stuart? Uh, initially, I made oil pastels, actually, because oh, they're yeah. really easy. The easiest yeah. thing you can make is oil pastel. It's basically pigment and a bit of binder. Yeah. Then I did dabble with oil paint for a bit, but the solvent set my chest off. So um, I quickly, as a teenager, got into fiddling with acrylics. And that's kind of what, what I sort of fell in love with because there's so much more you can do. The technology is just a lot more advanced. And then, um, and then I heard this thing 
few years ago that Anish Kapoor had got the exclusive rights to be the only artist to use Vanta Black, this super black. And the art world was really kind of annoyed about that because it just smacked kind of elitism and yeah. he with the most money controls the thing. And and I just sort of thought it was a bit bit wrong. So um, I already had this crazy pink I'd made <laughs> that um, I call the pinkest pink. And I thought I'll make a little website I'll chuck the pink up. It'll be a bit of a joke, bit of a piece of performance art, really. And what I'll do is on the website, I'll say, by adding this pink to your shopping cart, you confirm you're not Anish Kapoor. To the best of your knowledge, information and belief, it won't make its way into the hands of Anish Kapoor. Little bit of a sort of conditions for sale. And I thought that would be a nice sort of performance piece. It'll be interesting. Might raise a bit of awareness for this sort of elitism and access to stuff. Um, But then what happened was completely bizarre. It just completely blew up when... Amazing. more viral than like I've ever seen anything go and yeah. before I knew it, it was like all over the news and like QI had it on and it I remember seeing that yeah it was on like Wired Magnet all sorts of stuff um and like I was just sort of shoveling this pink paint on my like mum's kitchen table yeah. and running down the post office and thousands and thousands <laughs> of them later it turned out that um artists really wanted that Excellent. um so it evolved from there really and when when that went out, and I, I don't know the time, the time span in which you um, created that little um, that little sign, if you like, mm. and it being on telly, how quick did your sales go up from from that bit of uh, publicity? Oh, it was just instant. It was like, brilliant. but but we were freaking out. It kind of wasn't brilliant because it was too much. The, well, I wasn't expecting to sell any. We thought we'd sell like five. You know, I don't have that. <laughs> facility so it was yeah. like it was like there's 18,000 people on the website now <laughs> and 12,000 of them have it in their cart <laughs> yeah. my mum needs to get a bigger table yeah well my mum was like my mum was like switch it off switch it off now yeah. it's gone too far I was like well you can't switch it off I've told you Stuart not to play about on the computer yeah yeah it was exactly that um so it did go like that it was kind of a bit mad. Yeah. And then from that, it, um, that it, is that what made your name in the paint production or the... I think so. Like, then the art community started saying, look, you know, well, then Anish Kapoor got this pink and then he dipped his middle finger in it. I've got to say, that was a good reply. That did make me laugh. I, I, I didn't realise it was him. I thought it was like, because his Instagram's like Dirty Corner. It yeah. doesn't call saying I was like, oh, it's not him. It's just like some imposter. And they were like, no, it's actually him. I was like, oh, my gosh. It was sort of, yeah. And then after that, everybody started on at me to make a super black that would be as good as his that they could actually use because the Vanta black you can't really use you know you need a science lab and it's toxic and horrible and really expensive so so we set about doing that and that took like that's the black you use took a good couple of years to get there with that with the community helping and we raised money on kickstarter to make it and all the rest of it um and now we continue to make pain and it's turned into its own sort of thing excellent yeah, and I recently got from a friend. He bought me the um, the license that oh, wow. you're selling. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah the bought... artistic license. Yeah, tell us about that. It's got some text on the front of it. I should have had it at hand. So yeah, I so it's basically an artistic license. So it's a yeah, card, it's funny. but it comes from the um, official artist licensing body in Westminster. So it looks very official. I mean, it looks almost like a sort of driving license. <laughs> 
Um, but really, like what it's really about, if if I'm going to be sort of open about it, is about the fact we're all born with an inherent right to express ourselves. Yeah. You know, but we're sort of told that we can't or we shouldn't. And a lot of people are waiting for permission, like someone's going to come along and give them a certificate and say, right, you can be an artist now, go out and do it. Yeah. But the truth is no one's coming. Like, even if you get a degree, they're not coming. You, you still have to practice. You have to make mm. something. So the idea of artistic license is to just kind of, like, play with that, yeah. the idea that anything can be art and anyone has permission, and uh, that's really what it is. And at the same time, it's a pretty much a, a £25 gift voucher. Yeah, so basically you can use it on the site to get all your paints yeah. um, as well. So it kind of is free, really, if you think about it. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There was something that you've done a while ago, just going off of the subject here. Yeah. Well, not slightly, going off the subject completely, but starting <laughs> obviously with Stuart Simple. I saw a thing a while ago that, that you posted. Um, I mm. think it was in, well, it's in the area that you come from, in like the, is it Dorset? Yeah, yeah, Bournemouth, yeah. Dorset area. And um, I was working with Homeless at the time. And mm. I became aware, I'd seen them, and I had no idea that mm. it was used for that. And th there was like the little um, spikes or crowns outside shops mm -hmm. or uh, councils in, in my area started putting um, these makeshift armrests in the middles of benches. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what they were until you put a post up and mm. it really did rile me. Did it? Could you, yeah, could yeah. you tell us a, a little about the, the subject I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're on about. I mean, I, I call it hostile design. Exactly. So it's, does, it's, yeah, so it's when things are designed with some element of hostility. So what you're talking about is um, ways that public architecture is used to deter rough sleepers or the homeless yeah. population. Um, I think it's horrible. I just mm. think there's something in, incredibly anti design and creativity about it that <laughs> yeah. some human being has been paid to create an armrest to go in the middle of a bench so a homeless person can't sleep on it like I think it's just repulsive right yeah. um but like you say it's so insidious it's almost invisible so it's only when you start pointing these things out people are like oh it's not an armrest yeah. it's like no it really isn't an armrest yeah. and no those spikes aren't to stop pigeons there to stop people exactly um so uh i was doing a lot of work with denver the city of denver and i was doing this huge takeover of the city big architectural project took years of my life and one of the pieces there was i was asked to design a train station like dream project biggest gig of my life and i was working on this train station for years and I kept hitting this weird sort of bureaucratic thing with the city where they'd be like, but what if homeless people, blah, blah, blah. What if skateboarders? What if young people? And I was like, I was pushing back and saying, no, 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 no. It's fine. Let's encourage them. Let's make it more comfortable. Yeah. Let's maybe we'll put they, in some showers. How about some part of our society? Yeah. Well, they actually live in the city, <laughs> exactly. right? I mean, it's actually their home. Like yeah. we pass through, they got to put up with it when we leave. So, so anyway, um, so I was going at that and it got to a point where they were really kind of trying to co-opt my design into being hostile. And it's the first time I came across it. And I remember being on a call with like the biggest people, architects, city planners. I was like, I'm not doing it. You can't make me do it. And they were like, what? And I was like, I'm not doing it. And I just put the phone down. Excellent. And it was like, you know, I feel sort of in a way like, you know, putting a whole project like that down the drive, but I couldn't do it. And then I was in Bournemouth and I walked past the benches and something had shifted in me. I could see it now. I could yeah. see through it. And I was like, right, 
And then I put this little picture on my Facebook of it. And I said, look, do you guys know what this is? This is for this. And again, it went completely viral. I think yeah. it had like a million views or something overnight or whatever it was. And and again, that spread the word for that. Um, and that, that was good because once people spotted it, they started calling it out. And then we saw other councils and cities starting to remove it. Yeah. And in Bournemouth, we had a major victory because they took all the bars off the benches. Yeah. Complete U-turn on it. Amazing. Yeah. Excellent. I mean, it would be great just to get the person who made that decision and get them to make it public. You know, why they decided to put those on the yeah. on the benches, you know, stand by what they've what they've done, you know, but obviously that'll no, that would never happen, happen you know. But yeah, once I saw that, I see it see it everywhere now. You know, whenever yeah. I see, it, it may as well be bloody neon, you know, when I go mm. past a bench and even if it's just the initial design of the bench, you know, it might have been a 50-year-old bench before that was an issue, you know. Yeah, I walk yeah. past and see arms halfway down a bench and you know, yeah. in my head I'd want to get a you know the city should be accessible to everybody it's yeah. public space you know and it's just because you've got a house and you're paying your council tax doesn't give you any more rights over the public domain than anybody else yeah. in my opinion yeah no i totally agree i have seven questions that i ask each artist Stuart. okay do it um they're very simple questions. Okay. Um, you probably won't even notice the other six that they're set questions, you know. Okay, but okay. How would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? I do so many different things, exactly. don't I? This yeah, is really hard. Um, it's difficult for some artists. I all I, uh, I come so, up with ideas for stuff. Yeah. Um, do you still and... produce work? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, increasingly my work's more experiences, happenings, exactly. interventions, the yeah. sort of stuff you can't really buy. I do paint and I do make prints, but that production's so slow and so, like, like a couple of pieces a year, which drives the galleries mad, like, because there's nothing for anybody to sell. There's no market for my stuff. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, well, your I, work's I, getting I, larger, isn't it? That's, that's for sure. Yeah, it is much more sort of sculptural, happening, public. Um, but what? How would I describe it? I don't know. I don't think I can because I don't think I even understand it myself most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I have ideas try. and I try and do them. Yeah. Like that. Let's leave it at that. Yeah, you try to make them into three D forms. Yeah, I try to make something happen, like an experience. Yeah. I, I guess that comes down to it. Like I think. Arts and experience, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be an object. It doesn't have to be a place, but it's an experience. So okay. I'm trying to offer these kind of experiences where something happens, even if that's a shift in perspective that you look at benches differently. Yeah. Job done, you know, Perfect. good piece of work, you know. Yeah, it still has, it still has a Stuart Central name underneath, even if it's just a, an idea or notion. Hmm. Can you remember when your first interest in art was? Um, well, I think when I was very little, um, my parents had like record covers, record sleeves, and I was really obsessed with like, um, Storm Thorgerson's work and Roger Dean's work. Um, a lot of these early album covers really. And then when I was eight, I went to the National Gallery and I saw the Van Gogh and I think that's when it kind of like went full on. Yeah. Excellent. So that gave you the interest in art. Do you know when it was that you wanted to be be an artist? 
Um, well, it it happened twice. So when I was eight, I wanted to be an artist, but I thought they were dead, like dodos, because they were all in museums. Like I didn't realise that you, that you could be one, but I and I didn't know what one was. But I just wanted to be the person that makes that stuff. And then when I was a teenager, I had a near death experience and I nearly died. Um, and it was horrible. Was it and an accident or an illness? It was um, an allergic reaction, anaphylactic shock. Oh wow. Um, and I nearly died and it sounds really cheesy and I don't mean it like some lofty thing but I sort of made a promise like to myself or the divine of God or whatever the hell it is I don't even know that if I got through it I would use whatever time I had to make stuff because they couldn't tell me what I was allergic to so that I didn't know if I was going to last a day a week or a month so what can I do with my time I'm going to make art with it if I get any more time. So I'm going to use it that way. And I think that's when I actually really, and I, and I quit college um, and quit art school and I just made art every day um, and went to borders and read the books every day. Um, no, that's I what I did. Cheesy at all. I think that's, I think that's beautiful, mate, to tell you the truth. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You sort of, um, you, you put, you're opening yourself up to if there's anything up there or to yourself or to nature or, to yeah. whatever, having a little deal with them and saying like, yeah, I'll change my ways. I've done similar when, yeah. you know, when I was in prison, I'm like, right, I don't, I don't want this anymore. Let me have a go at this. You know, if I can get the best marks in this um, new yeah. thing that I've found being art, I'm going to go for it. And all right. It was, Brilliant. You, you know, it was a bit of hard work, but you make a little deal with yourself. And yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Man. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Yeah. So I made a deal with myself. I'm going to do art. Brilliant. And, and I kept to my word, you know. Did you find out what it was that you was allergic to? No, they they took me to hospital. They did a pinprick test on my back. They pricked me with 110 things. I was allergic to 52 of them. And they couldn't tell me which of the 52 had nearly killed me. So this is when I completely freaked out, went to ground, locked myself in my room, made art for three years. I was just terrified by life at that point, you know? Yeah, so everything that you was ingesting or drinking even could have been... Yeah, Wow, man, I can't even get my head around that. How yeah. you must have felt. And also trusting other people, like, have they touched something? Like my girlfriend, can I kiss her? Do I, what do I do? Can I touch a door handle? It was like pretty extreme. And it, it sort of, for me, really sort of spun me out. Yeah, there was, when I was in jail, there was a guy who, um, who had something against peppers. Right. And it could close his throat up. It, well, it could make his throat swell. Yeah. And, um, he refused to eat anything um, unless he was there when it was being made because um, the, the cons wouldn't think of, you know, like maybe, I don't know, turning them over on the fryer with that ladle and then yeah, sure. his food, you know. And um, yeah, yeah and, and he was paranoid for, and they wouldn't let him do anything. In the end, they gave him um, like airplane meals, you know, like instant meals, yeah. you know. But, um, Poor guy. Yeah, having, having your your life in someone else's hands it's terrifying and, and having a yeah, gambling on it with every bloody spoonful of food yeah you, you want to try like you know when i did a lot more art shows and stuff you know you get flown out to like hong kong and they'd do like a posh artist dinner in the middle of the gallery you know and i'd sit there going this is russian roulette like and they're all looking at me like the center of attention and i'm like yeah i don't want to put it in my mouth you know so yeah really quite full on yeah yeah having having an ambulance crew with you wherever you mm. go for, for resuscitation purposes. yeah shouldn't be laughing at it but no nah, it's full on 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Um, what else? Where have we got next? Yeah, talking about food just threw me out there. I know. Oh, <laughs> um, and as you can see, I'm not allergic to anything. <laughs> Good. Enjoy it for me. I'm a lot better now. I've got over a lot of them actually. Grown out of a lot of them. It's funny, isn't it? How your body just sort of um, mm. turns that around. Do yeah. Know, do you know what things you can't? Uh, now, like- now it's cod, soya, dust mites, and peanuts. Still peanuts. Yeah. So that's the biggie. But that's, yeah, that's the common one, isn't it? Yeah. You've gone and got yourself a gallery. I know. How cool is that? It's a bit weird. Are artists <laughs> supposed to have galleries? I'm not sure. It's, um, but no, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a chance to really show art that um, I think is interesting. And also to do it in Bournemouth where there is like zero art, zero culture. I've, I've been to, I'm, I'm quite fond of Bournemouth. I've been yeah. there many a time. Yeah, Great yeah. town to go, full of students, full of life. Well, yeah. before 2020. Yeah, it's um, good. And it is pretty much a an aesthetic vacuum, isn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no museum. There's no art. You know, which is a shame because, as you say, like there's a great art college. There's a lot of interesting things. A lot of tech startups. A lot of young people, old people. You know, interesting population. You know, quite yeah. diverse. But um, artistically, it's just a little bit sort of dead. So hopefully, what we're going to do with the giant project is um, just bring some really good stuff. That's Excellent. it. And from what I saw, I saw um, Sarah Maples yeah, sitting in the window. Sarah skips in there, yeah. How cool is that? It's brilliant, mate. I love that piece so much. I love Maples. She's like, you know, like artists have friends. Um, she's like probably like one of my best artist friends, yeah, you know, she's like she's real sort of like, yeah, a lot a lot of time for Mapes. She's um, she's awesome. How did that idea come about? I know, you know, obviously you just said there's, there was no art in um, Bournemouth, but that's quite a big... Um, leap to have no art to a massive gallery yeah well you know like I didn't want to do it people have been asking me for years and years and years and um the guy that owns the building that my studios are in um Samsung were on the ground floor and of course pandemic and Amazon effect all the rest of it high street snackered so um Ashley said look do you want to do something you can have the keys and I was like, do I, do I? Yeah, I suppose. Um, so we, we we did the first show, which is Crash, which is there now. And um, it's my hope um, that we're going to move to a much bigger space uh, in a month. I'm very excited about it. It's like 15,000 square foot, um, which will be the biggest, I think, the biggest artist-run space uh, in the country. Excellent. 
Is um, it going to be just a gallery or is it going to be other stuff attached to it? It will be uh, it will hopefully two spaces. There'll be a project space for nice. artists project and then a main gallery space and then sort of a reading room and archive and then a bit of a culture shop, a bit like a sort of gift shop, but a bit more conceptual than that. Yeah, nice. With a council behind it. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> okay. It's probably a good thing. They They normally just kind of like you know make a problem when you try and do something when we were installing mark titchener's work on the front of the building um oh you know the environmental health come down on their bicycles yeah. and their high vis <laughs> and it's like for god's sake you know we're trying to do something good can you just like not make it a problem um so yeah it's just a bit difficult they don't really get it bless them that they're, they're not set up for it i mean they're, they're in the mindset of hen parties and air yeah, festivals and you yeah. know so you can't blame them really but um you know it'd be nice if they you know the, the best scenario with them is they keep out of our way and let's get on with it i think yeah because they are massive landlords down there as well aren't they the council <sighs> yeah everything it's just all of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and, and yeah a lot of power there um, i mean but i was i used to go to the bic a lot yeah i worked there who was running it when you was there weren't a guy called was it yeah so I knew him and we went down there for his 50th birthday. I don't right. he was there then. He had a party on the pier in the round. Oh, right, right. Okay. So, that was his, so we went down for his 50th and there was, the mayor was there. And, yeah. and it was a proper good, it was a good party to be honest. Yeah, I bet it was, and, yeah. I mean, we was a load of villains from the East End, you know, because <laughs> uh, we used to go up there a lot with, um, we'd look after celebrities and who, who was yeah, showing yeah. there, you know, at the time. And oh, we right, got speaking yeah. to one of the councillors and he mentioned that he was sort of running the estate, as it were, you know. Yeah, yeah And yeah. just at the time, the lap dancing clubs were were on the go, you know. Yeah, yeah. We said, oh, we notice you've got no lap dancing clubs here. <laughs> so give us a yeah, premises and we'll start one. And he went, "Wow, okay, take my number and we can talk about this. And they were just Mad. between us. Um, just to entice more people into the town. Yeah, 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 I bet. Yeah, it's mad. And I thought, God, if he knew who we bloody were, he wouldn't be offering (laughs) it bloody freely, you know. Oh, Um, brilliant. uh, Where we... (laughs) Yeah, going down that line's not a good line to start going down. But yeah, Bournemouth, good fun. Um, What piece that you've created, Stuart, has got the strongest emotional connection? There's a painting, there's two, but um, there's two. What Can I have two? You can have as many as you like. Okay, mate. if I can have two, then I'll have two. <laughs> um, there's one painting I made called The Angelus, and it was after Millet's Angelus. And in Millet's Angelus, he paints two people stopping to think about God while they're toiling the earth. And I went to a Catholic school. I'm not a Catholic, but I went to Catholic school. Yeah. And every day we stopped and we looked at the Angelus and we prayed when the Angelus bell came. And it's what got me into art because everybody prayed to a piece of art in my head. So it's like art must be important, right? Um, So I made an Angelus later with me in it. It's like a self-portrait and there were these palm trees on fire. And um, my mum said it was the best thing I ever made. And I I lost my mum three months ago. Oh, wow, sorry. Um, And she loved that painting. Um, and she thought it was the most me of my work. So it's taken on a new meaning. Yeah. Like it's kind of like my mum's painting. Yeah, so I kind of like, I'm, I'm attached to that. And there's another painting I made a long time ago called A Pounding Outside Poundland or How My <laughs> Nose Got Its Wonk. Brilliant. And I got quite Brilliant. 
badly beaten up outside Poundland in Boscombe, and um, I've got a bit of a well, yeah, a messed yeah. up nose. Um, and it's a painting that captures that moment of impact. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of emotions in that being oh, a teenager and getting a kicking. You know, it's not fun. Yeah. And I, I, I think there's many a person been beat up outside the Poundland. That's for sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you probably should start up a little community group. Yeah, support group for Poundland poundings. But yeah. yeah, being attacked like that is yeah, can have a can have an everlasting effect on you. Yeah, I know. I know my boy. He's my boy hasn't grown up like how like how I grew up. Yeah, my boy is just a he's a good kid, you know. Yeah, and um, he was just over the park walking back. F- through a park on the way home from school with a few mates, you know, a couple of lads, a couple of girls. Yeah. And uh, I think they was 13 at the time and some 17-year-olds come over, drew out these great big knives and machetes. What? And just, yeah, and just took their clothing off, like their jackets and... For and no that. reason. And it yeah. was just after Christmas, it was... And my boy was going, but my nan bought me this for Christmas. Yeah. And he's going, I don't give a fuck. And he's... He's, he's took the jackets off him, you know, and it, it really traumatised the legs. Yeah, you know? it must have done. That's and, just um, so mindless. It's just... Yeah, it's, it's not it's not good. And as I say, it, it can have an everlasting uh, lasting effect on people, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I know that you're super busy a, a lot of the time, but how do you relax? Oh, well, um, that's a good question. So I have a whole routine. So um, I have a meditation. So I meditate, I go in the sauna um, and I do exercise. So meditation, sauna and exercise is how I do it. Excellent. Good answer. Yeah, that's about as good as you can get, isn't it? I think that's where it's at for that stuff. Yeah, a lot. lot I've I've tried meditation and I can't just, I can't shut down my mind low enough to, to meditate my mind just always goes off somewhere just as I start to relax oh. I start um thinking about an artwork or or something that needs doing okay. something so that's quite normal that's normal yeah but I wish I, I couldn't do it because when I get to a certain point just as I start to sort of I was going to say float but once I get to a certain state yeah it's as if my mind reacts to it and doesn't want to yeah well the mind doesn't want you to distance yourself from it it's a bit of a slippery creature that's half the fun well, you've got a gallery now, Stuart. Giant mm. its name. It is called Giant. If there was you and five other artists, past and present, mm. what would your ideal group show be? Oh, what? Are you joking? Uh, that's a brilliant question. Um, who would we have? Oh, um, well, we'd have we'd have Duchamp. Uh, we'd have Manzoni. Um, we'd have Duchamp, we'd have Manzoni. We'd have Eve Klein. Um so at this point, we've probably got no art in it at all because we've got three <laughs> conceptual artists. So it's now invisible with nothing in it. Um, so we better put something in it. Uh, let's have Sigma Polka and um, Rauschenberg. Nice. Let's do that. That, that would be interesting. That's going to be a good show. I wouldn't want to um, crit, crit the show, that's for sure. I wouldn't, wouldn't know where to start with. No. That would be an ideal show, that's for sure. It'd be bonkers, wouldn't it? You've got yourself a virtual gallery as well as a um, mm. as well as a physical gallery this is true i know i've done i've done a, um, an episode a few weeks ago with uh lee cavalier who's sort of running the virtual he is the virtual very well as well gallery. yeah very much so so it's a virtual museum rather it than is. a 
a virtual gallery. And um, during lockdown, I've used virtual galleries myself for the first time, mm. which are just a copy and paste. And there's plenty of those about. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Galleries that have closed down have started replicating their gallery uh, in a virtual form where you can walk about. But the idea that um, you and Lee have come up with is something quite different, isn't it? Yeah, it's totally different. So we actually built the museum from the ground up, like architecturally, Brilliant. using 3D crazy game tech. Yeah. You know, the water moves, the plants move, yeah, yeah. the architecture's great, um, and it shows really... I think great art in really well curated shows with very strong concepts yeah. um and you're looking at artworks across history you know so you're, you're looking at an eve klein next to a new piece by um contemporary you know and it's just it's just interesting yeah so it's, it's going to have shows uh, exhibitions that are there for a matter of weeks or months rather yeah. than just a pop-up show every week by different artists yeah yeah that's right it's not like that so um we've got two shows at the moment uh one of them's breaking into color which talks about color and the other one is um about the, the female body it's a fascinating show and then upstairs and um, we've got a brilliant video installation um and yeah in the artist space and um yeah and that will rotate you know it's quite an interesting program lee's developing yeah. over there i mean i did say to lee it's funny how you had the idea some time ago mm. and it's just becoming 2020 is when people have started taking notice of the virtual gallery space for sure and um yeah perfect timing again yeah well it just feels like we were you know i've been interested in digital for ages but it was a bit geeky and weird and i feel like now people are having to use it they're like oh, actually there's something in this maybe yeah. maybe digital art does have a place you know yeah the, the virtual space has become accessible and and people are looking at it in a different way now. I think so. I hope so. I mean, it's democratic. Anyone can come. That's the whole point. I want That's anyone to be able to access it from anywhere. You know, I don't want you to have to have the money to go to a museum or convince your parents to take you up to London to see something or whatever it is. You know, I just want to make it in your pocket. You can connect with art. And then maybe you, you're inspired enough to go to a real museum one day, you know. I mean, I never went to a, an actual gallery until I was 30. Wow, okay. And oh, well, I never had an interest in art. Yeah, so fair enough. 28 or something, you know. Even then, even when I was interested in art and I was in love with art, when I, mm. got re when I was released for the day from jail, which is yeah. where I, you know, got into art, I went to the uh, to Tate Britain. Well, at the time it was the Tate. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I went there and that was really in intimidating for me. Yeah, I bet. in front of those steps. And, and make it because I was going into a building that I had no connection with. Wow. Other than other than this newfound love of art, you know, it of was course. like going into a church because you know them steps themselves are intimidating. You know, going up to a sort of different level. And mm. a lot of my friends since you know I've been an artist now for over twenty years. Yeah. And a lot of my friends, they're even sort of feel a bit intimidated coming to one of my exhibitions that I try oh. and make as accessible yeah. as into a library, you know. Yeah. But we forget how hard it is for people, I think. We sort of take it for granted. I think you're totally right. It's really scary. And the whole world tells you it's not for you. You're, you're not educated enough. You you didn't go to the right thing. You don't know the, all the art history. Or or your teacher told you your house was out of proportion when yeah. you were a kid. And, it, and you don't feel like it's for you. You feel like it's for someone else. Yeah, you know? definitely. And, I mean, I can feel there's a change there 
for sure. Like it's, oh, it's, good. It's slightly changing, unless that's just me being more involved in in the art world, you know. I don't know. What do you reckon you'd do if you wasn't an artist? Oh, what would you like to do? There's not really anything else. Um, I love that answer. That's, that's I, the answer is always from someone who has always had an artistic mind. Do you think I, I just I just can't I you know I don't think like in, in all honesty I don't really think I'd be here if I wasn't making art like <laughs> I I you know there's just been no point yeah I don't know like the only other thing I could potentially do is like work in McDonald's or something but I'll be allergic to everything <laughs> <laughs> so I can't even do that so <laughs> yeah so you've got to rule out the food and drink industry can't do that <laughs> I'm never going to be on time. Um, I'm <laughs> just going to be daydreaming. How about a designer for the council? Oh, I'd love to have a go at that. <laughs> yeah, okay. If I could get a subversive job behind the scenes, <laughs> I could sort of make stuff happen. <laughs> Actually, designing true. kids' playgrounds would Excellent. be fun. That's perfect. Yeah, you wouldn't get um, you wouldn't get bored in doing that, would you? No. Well, Stuart, I think that's pretty much all the questions asked, really. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed that. I always get a little bit intimidated by people like yourself who have got such a range of areas to talk about because yeah. it's, it's so wide. I didn't know where to go with it, you know. I'm a weird one like that, mate. <laughs> I mean, you should try. Yeah, it's odd. It's all over the place, isn't it? Um, I've not yet spent me £25. Oh, um, choose some bits. Yeah, choose I'm some to, bits. I'm going to go for the neon. Yeah, do it. They're really yeah, good. Yeah, I they're worth do. it. Yeah, you know, it's all non-profit as well. It all goes yeah. back into, you know, making the gallery and la, 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 la. Excellent. So it's not like I get rich or anything. It's that we keep doing this. You've got a lot going on, even during lockdown. Mm. Is there anything you've got coming up at the moment? Uh, there's a few things I'm working on, but um, nothing's really... Like, most of my projects got cancelled or postponed, and I'm hoping a couple of them will bounce back. Um, but I can't really say at the moment yeah. because they're a bit secret. But um, I've got a couple of ideas for things. Well, I spoke to um, an a, a art historian yesterday who was putting on one show and then they contacted him and said, sorry, we've postponed it for a year. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he was bringing in artworks from everywhere to, to try and, yeah, and he's got to do that. that that's, that's the way of the world, unfortunately, isn't it? Yeah, it's been really disruptive like that, but uh, yeah. And where can people find you, be it online, social media? Um, Stuart Semple. So Stuart Semple on Instagram, stuartsemple.com is my website. And if you want to look at the art materials, that's culturehustle.com. Brilliant. Stuart. Thank you very much. Oh, mate, thank you for having me. Yeah, lovely to meet you. Yeah, and to you. Bye. There we go, Stuart Semple. I've been looking forward to recording this podcast for bloody ages. Great artist, producer of great art materials, and an all-round bloody lovely bloke. And back there, Stuart was talking about his giant gallery. The current exhibition was curated by Lee Cavalier and a few friends of the podcast had visited the exhibition and contacted me to tell me just how good it was. I'm back down the south coast pretty soon, so I'll definitely be popping in to take a look around myself. And since recording this podcast, Stuart has created one of his own. It's quite simply called The Stuart Semple Show. And his very first episode was with friend of the podcast, Sarah Maple. So go and have yourself a listen. And to find out more about the product that Stuart Semple's Culture Hustle produces, just go over to their website, culturehustle.com. 
So that's about it for me for this week. If you're new to the podcast, go and have a look at our back catalogue. We've got some amazing artists on there. And don't just head towards the well-known names. Every artist have got several elements of their story that connect with us, you know. Anyway, until next week, toodle pip. Well, hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. If you're unable to support us on Patreon, leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to this podcast really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast, or even giving us a positive shout-out on your social media. Anything is appreciated, but either way, thanks for listening, and until next week, ta sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.